Hello, beautiful. And what I really want to know is, what is good in your life today? I'm Kia, and this is the Female Veterans Podcast. Today, I am doing another special show with people who do good in the world, because you know I love those. And I'm so excited to introduce you to these lovely, lovely women and have them tell you all about what they're doing. So, Susan, Jennifer, the lovely ladies from Passageways in Kansas, who have for the last five years dedicated their lives to helping homeless veterans, which, as you know, is super, super close to my heart. And absolutely the reason why I do this podcast to, you know, form this community to help female veterans who are homeless and share our stories and bring awareness to our issues and what we need, especially for homeless female veterans. So this is exciting for me. I am over the moon and I am so happy (laughs) to have you ladies here to tell us everything about it. So welcome. Thank Thank you. you. It's awesome to see you. (laughs) So great to see you guys. I just want to know, okay, let's go back to the very, very beginning and have you guys tell me how this came about. All right. Well, it was about five years ago when we saw a news report about a veteran that died under a bridge in Wichita, Kansas. And um, he was homeless, no family. And it just kind of struck a chord with us as, you know, we didn't know there was a homeless veteran problem. And, you know, so we started interviewing um, groups of people that work with the homeless and with veterans and found out that at that, that time there was nothing going on in Wichita at all, nothing being done to help these um, homeless heroes. And so a few weeks later, we couldn't get the thought out of our minds. We did a lot of praying, a lot of talking with our families and, and with um, mentors of ours and just decided we were the ones to get something done. And so we decided to start Passageways and had no clue as to how we were going to start it. But um, it just came about. God put the right people in front of us at the right time. And we were able to lease a house in western Wichita, which is outside of the, the downtown area or their normal gathering place. And we can take up to nine male heroes at a time in that house. Wow, that is incredibly beautiful. I love the part of the story, especially where you were, you just saw a need and you just launched into action and the beauty of, you know, just calling upon God to help you and move you forward in your process and everything aligning. That's beautiful. Yeah, everything fell into place. It was, that was definitely for us a point where we knew we were doing what we were supposed to be doing because of the contacts that were put in front of us and just one thing after another. And, and we just, we stopped saying, how are we going to do this? And started saying, okay, God, we can't wait to see how you do this. And it, it all came, it all started coming together. That's amazing. So, okay. 
what was the first thing that you knew you needed to do? Like, what was the first thing you were like a baby step? I'm going to just do this and see where it leads us next. 501. Yeah. Susan started working on our 501c3. And um, that time, Mike Pompeo was actually a representative here in mm-hmm. Wichita and a veteran, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And she was able to get a hold of his office. And at that time, I believe it was Shelly that was his um, mm-hmm. kind of right-hand, right-hand gal and they pushed our 501 through and in a quick period of time. And we wanted to make sure we had absolutely everything in order. We wanted to raise the bar very high for 501 and the transparency of where your funds are going to be going, et cetera. And before we even started the Facebook page, we got all that lined up. And then we came forward and it was, here's what we're doing we need a bed. We need twin beds, twin mattresses, furniture. And, and that was when, um, that was a really neat reality check because we would ask for a bed. We would have one donated and then somebody would donate the sheets and everything we needed. And then the VA would call and they'd have a hero that needed a bed. So every time we got a bed, we got a call the same day. If we got two beds, we got two calls. It, yeah, it was, I still get the goosebumps <laughs> thinking about it. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. I said everything fell into place. And Kenny was our very first, our very first hero that came to us. And he was a referral from the police department, actually. We went out to see him and, and he was just in a room, had a bedroom. And I, we peeked around the corner with him and, and there's a towel. There's this tattered towel on the floor and that was his bed and you could see sunlight underneath the frames of the windows and the doors and it was cold and January and it was like come home it's time to come home and so we brought him over to passageways yeah he was actually from the police department a referral for hospice yeah they thought he needed hospice care because he had declined so much Mm -hmm. and we got him over to the house and he basically the first week or so had it the whole house to himself. So he had all of our attention and <laughs> all the food that he could eat. And in about three weeks time, he, he popped into just a, you know, a healthy young man. So it was, it was crazy. It's crazy. He needed that, that safe place to stay and, uh, and good nutrition. And he was doing fine. Yeah. Wow, that is such a powerful story right off the bat. That is exactly what I mean, just being able to help the homeless. And you guys don't just help them. You literally rehabilitate them and put them on track to thrive in their lives. And it's, I can't say enough how how incredibly moving and amazing and beautiful that is. You know, so I guess my next question for you would be, I know that you guys got a house. How did you decide how exactly you were going to help them? Like, did you know right off the bat when you saw that the veteran had passed away that you were going to, you were like, I'm going to get a house and I'm going to just make, how did that come to be? I think pretty much because we knew we needed to, to gather them together and we needed a place, like she said earlier, that was kind of away from the temptations of downtown, a peaceful neighborhood where mm-hmm. they could find themselves because they they are 
completely different when they come out of the military. They aren't the same as when they went in. So they need that healing environment. And Susan was invited to a meeting and she ended up talking to a lady that said, Hey, I know someone who has a house that used to be a homes plus. So it was ADA compliant. And she said, do you want to go look at it? She's going to rent it. And that is now our passageways house. That's an, another one of the things that just fell into place. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So did you start off renting it or were you going to just buy it? We had a lease to own um, agreement in the very beginning and had envisioned that we would be able to purchase the house in about six months to a year. That took about two years to, to accomplish. So the, the owners of the house were extremely gracious to us and let us continue to lease the property until we could actually buy it. And so part of the money we spent on leasing went towards the purchase price up until the time we got to, to purchase it. Um, we had also gone down to City Rescue Mission in Oklahoma City. It's one of the largest um, homeless um, facilities in the United States. And we went down there to visit with them because I already knew most of the or some of the people there because my brother used to work there. And so they kind of led us by the hand on what needed to be done and when it needed to be done and and got us started in that way. and you know, just gave us step by step. And I think I know the reason why they did that because they get a lot of people that come to them and say, I want to do something for the homeless. And they have all these great ideas, but never follow through on them. Mm -hmm. And so our first meeting down there was just these, these are the steps you need to follow right now. And then the next time we go down there, we say, okay, what's the next set of steps? And he says, well, what have you done so far? We said, well, we got this done, this done, this done. And we quit our jobs. <laughs> and I think he almost fell out of his chair. <laughs> You're dedicated. <laughs> but then he knew that we were serious about it. So that he stepped up even further to, to help us with ideas on programs and, and things like that. We knew that we wanted to do something holistically. We mm -hmm. knew that we wanted to be faith-based. So we had some of our ideas already, you know, set out. Um, Cause we thought, you know, our thought was, is that you can't heal the person until you know what you're healing. Right. So, you know, we may get a lot of guys that have drug and alcohol problems, but that's not what caused their homelessness. Mm -hmm. That's not what they need healing from. They need, they need forgiveness more than anything. It seems like um, forgiveness for what they did in the military. They feel guilty over, you know, One thing or another. whatever it was, whatever orders they were issued. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we work, we work very hard to try to get to the root cause of the homelessness so that we can help them overcome that and, and they won't be facing that again. You know, I love that you said that because I find with a lot of the women that I talk to that it's a sense of shame that they have mm -hmm. to overcome to work through yeah. their trauma. And the shame could be for any reason. And typically it's not because of actions that they did. You know, and yeah. but regardless of that, it is it is a symptom of a, a deeper um, issue, a deeper trauma, uh, whether they're on drugs and, and that's how they ended up on the street 
or whatever they're doing to cope that's unhealthy, you can try to treat that. But I absolutely of of the belief that if you don't treat the source, then they can't fully heal. So I think that's amazing that you said that, and I completely agree. Um, my next question for you is, is this how you decided that you would have sort of like a rehabilitation sort of aspect to your to your project where they go in and they live there and they get help for all these issues? Was that working with the other facility and then also having these feelings, was that what made you develop the program that you have in place? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, we were newbies when we first started, obviously. Um, and we learned a few good things in the first group that came through. And um, it was pretty much, we knew that we couldn't get from point A to point B without, without uncovering what caused that breakdown. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a big, there's a big push right now in the veteran community that, Housing first is the ideal option for homeless. Get them into house first and then work on whatever the issues are. And we've seen it so many times where it doesn't work. And so we wanted to do something totally different from that. So we started working on, you know, getting them into a temporary place first where we can watch that healing happen. Then when they're ready, get them out into a house of their own, a place of their own. You know when they're ready because Mm -hmm. when they, when they first come to you, they're, they're completely broken. We had, we've had, we have so many stories, but Tom stands out so much to me. Um, our wonderful, Mm -hmm. wonderful lady, um, Zabrina at Salvation Army here. She is amazing and a heart of gold. And she called me, it was about seven o'clock at night. And she says, Hey, I've got, I've got the hero. Can I go ahead and bring him over now? Is it too late? Well, we go 24 seven. So it's never too late. And I was like, yeah. So I turned my car around, went and met her at the house and Tom came in. This is his first time being homeless. And he had a suitcase and he, he stood there with his back against the wall. He's about what six foot, Six foot something? Six, four, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, and he just, you could tell he was just so overwhelmed and he was terrified because he'd heard stories about shelters and they're going to rob you. And, and we're like, mm. this is the home. And all the, all the men there, the camaraderie are like, you're going to be okay. These girls have got your back. And he just started crying and went up and hugged him. And I said, you know, you're not alone in the fight. You've got Susan, you got myself, and you've got this whole community. And then usually I'll say, if, you know, if they have a phone, get onto Facebook, go look at our five-year history, and you'll see the support that's on there. And he graduated into his own home, and he was just, he was so proud. <laughs> she was posting pictures. He's like, take pictures of my home and <laughs> posting them on Facebook. You can go on there and see them. And that's what it's about. It's getting that light back on in them from the broken to on fire where they're ready to live and reach out and help other heroes. And that's what just, if, if their graduation days are long days, getting them into the home, but we're, we're there for those graduations and it fuels our fire. It's like, all right, let's get the next one. We got, we got a bed open. We got another one coming in. Let's go. Yeah. I got to tell you, I am personally moved by that. (laughs) It's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful story. And so I guess what I'm 
like to know now because you were talking about graduation. Can you explain to all of us what the process is from in processing through to graduation? Um, we start with really there's minimal paperwork that we have them do because we're not government funded. We don't have a whole lot of paperwork we have to do. So we give them a packet. It includes um, the rules and regulations of the house itself, as well as the paperwork that we need to capture. Um, and then we bas basically pack, uh, back off. We give them a couple of days to acclimate. Mm -hmm. um, we know that they are, they're coming into a situation where they either were a little bit afraid to come or, you know, it's just such a totally different environment that they need that acclimation time. So we leave them alone for a couple of days, make sure that they have what they need, you know, before we take off. But, um, you know, like if they need socks clothes. or underwear, or clothes, whatever, uh, make sure we get that to them. And then after a couple of days, we come back in and sit down with them and, and start working on goals. Okay, what is the next step? What does the next picture look like in your album? So let's start focusing on that if they want to go back to school. We'll connect them with the people that they can connect, you know, that, they, that can help them with that. If they want to get a job. We connect them with those, those individuals. If they have a specific um, job they're looking for, we'll get those specifics posted on Facebook. And our Facebook page lights up with all of the offers coming in. And we get those offers to the hero. And then it's their responsibility to make those phone calls. We give them a hand up, not a hand out. So we're not going to do everything for them. And it's just from there, it's just monitoring that process. Um, if they need financial help, they need to learn how to manage a, a checkbook. You know, some of these kids have never, ever done that. And mm -hmm. so they have to be taught. So we just work with them on whatever their goals are, whatever their needs are, and then monitor that forward progress as they go. When they come in, um, most of the heroes have all been robbed of social mm -hmm. security cards, birth certificates and any ID so they can't get a job to make money to, I mean, it's this vicious cycle. And so that's one of the things we do. Um, they say, well, I don't have an address. I was like, yeah, you do. It's right here at passageways. You have a home. And mm -hmm. so we'll go home and we'll mail um, two empty envelopes to the house in that hero's name. She starts working on birth certificates. And then as soon as we get those two, we get them down to the driver's license, you know, bureau. We, we get their driver's license or their Kansas ID. We pay for everything. We never charge mm -hmm. the heroes a dime. And, and when when they get that picture and that, that photo ID or driver's license in their hand, it's just like, oh, they're so excited. It's like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, the opportunities and the doors just flew wide open. Now, which one am I going to go through? Yeah. Um, to have options again must be yeah. so beautiful to them. And not feel so trapped and, and yeah. you know, down in this hole that they can't get out of, all of a sudden it's like, all right, okay, what are we going to do? That is so beautiful. And so then once they have that stuff, do they, and they're living in the house, how much time does it usually take for them to, to get to graduation? Everybody's individual. Yeah. Everybody's got individual goals. And we sit down like, um, we have probably our longest one right now. Yeah. Um, David, just because he has um, an issue with the name on his birth certificate versus the name he grew up with and what's on his ID. And mm -hmm. she's been working with attorneys 
for free that are helping him get that all figured out so that we can get his ID and get him into housing. But that's the beauty of our program is each hero has a different goal and we will work with you on those goals and, and get you there. Normally I, the average stays probably about 75 days. It, mm -hmm. it just depends, but we don't want them to get the job and the first paycheck move out. It's mm -hmm. like, no, because we pay for everything in the house, save your money, pay off back child support, pay off your bills that are chasing you. Mm -hmm. And then we get them on the housing programs, which a lot of the heroes aren't aware of how much can be done for them. Right. I mean, yeah. VA Catholic Charities Salvation Army. They will pay the application fee, deposit and up to seven months rent. And that's, of course, income based. Yeah. But um, yeah, they get to go and look at the different apartments, see which side of town they want to be on, what feels like home. And then when they graduate, that means they've signed the lease. They actually have the key in hand and we provide everything they need in that home because of all the donations we get. So everything from toilet paper, every cleaning supply on the planet, <laughs> okay. um, food, all the furniture, they, pictures, they can choose the pictures for the wall. And then two men in a truck here in Wichita move them for free. So they just graduated our 84th hero. That's incredible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They get, so when they graduate, not only have they been, you know, healed holistically, they have been given a new lease on life. They've got a job now. They're well, they're healthy. Their mental state is in a good place. And now they have a home to go to of their own that you have completely furnished and prepared for them. They can still reach out to us. We always tell them when they come in. So just because you graduate doesn't mean you're done with us. We're family. Yep. My, my kids are like, I've got so many uncles. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, I love that so much. Come to events that mm -hmm. we have and, you know, They'll look at us and just kind of give us the look and we're like, yeah, you're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> well, your events, tell me what events do you guys put on? Well, every, well, the last three years we've had a uh, 5k run that we call the road home. Um, and it's, it's been very popular. We've gained runners every year. So um, that's, that's really one of our biggest monetary fundraisers that we we ourselves do mm -hmm. um, we have been blessed because we have a lot of people out in the community that do fundraisers for us which oh, is wow. you know wonderful yeah but the run is the one that we do um, ourselves for a monetary donation um, we also have um, a bluegrass concert uh, I think it's going to be country this year or, mm -hmm. or next year Mm -hmm. And another group puts that on for us, but we're very heavily involved in the planning and the creation of that, that project. Um, and then Walmart. Jennifer will tell you about Walmart. Uh, Walmart. <laughs> Walmart. We love them. <laughs> so we get, we have like four Walmarts here in Wichita. Um, well, we have more, but these are the ones surrounding Wichita. Mm -hmm. And we actually have tables set up outside each entrance and we hand everybody a piece of paper as they enter and it has a list of all supplies heroes need when they're moving into their own home. 
from a 50 cent bar of soap to a, a $60 vacuum cleaner. And we just say, wherever your heart moves you. So it took, we filled a deuce and a half, um, a mini <laughs> school bus. That, that was a two. That would be Troy's uh, bus. Yeah. And then our own vehicles. And it took hours, hours to unload. And the heroes get to go in and we're like, this is for you. Oh my gosh. They must feel so overwhelmed with all. Oh yeah. 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 You, it's, it's, uh, it's very humbling, very humbling to the angels will come out of the woodwork when they get to help the heroes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that so much. And I think that it's so necessary because I, I am always saying this, but I believe that no one who has served this country should not return home to having their most basic needs met. And it's a beautiful thing when a community will come together and see that that takes place. Yep. Yeah. Heroes get to feel the love. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's right. That, that one fundraiser usually carries us through almost almost through the year on most items, you know, like um, dish soap and coffee, co coffee, cleaning supplies, things like that. But we have we have other drives that go on all the time. You know, we just got contacted a little while ago from a school that's not even in the Wichita area. It's it's at least about an hour and a half uh, west of here. Um, and they're going to start collecting pennies, pennies for passageways, <laughs> and then deliver those pennies to us somewhere around Veterans Day. So, um, you know, things like that pop up all the time. And, you know, we don't even we haven't even met the the group that's doing it yet. But uh, so I'm in we're in communication with them to see if, you know, we can come out and talk yeah. to the school and you know, explain to them what we do and, and, you know, why it's so important that they're giving those penny pennies to us. Um, it seems to make a huge difference with donors that they actually see their donations at work. Mm -hmm. So you can see on Facebook that we post every single graduation, you know, we post, um, you know, donations coming in donations going out because we don't just help our heroes in the house with those donations. Mm -hmm. um, and we've gotten calls before with people or, or notes on Facebook saying, Oh, that's the couch I donated. I'm glad it's going to a hero, yeah. you know, things like it's that. Wonderful. Yeah. It's very, very much um, family oriented. Yeah. We also started an outreach program and, and the, the agencies that we work with primarily Catholic charities, VA salvation army, you know, some of their bylaws don't allow them to ask for specific items for mm -hmm. the veterans. And so they can call us. They know they can call us anytime they've got a veteran moving into a house and they need cleaning supplies or they need a couch. They need a table or they need the whole, you know, apartment furnished. Mm -hmm. They know they can call us and come out. We'll meet them out at the storage pod and, and help them pick out pieces for that veteran. So we're not just helping our guys. We've probably given out about 4,000 people worth of, items to um, veterans within the city or within the state actually because we've been up to dodge city and down to oh where gosh, everywhere <laughs> I, down I south gotta tell you uh, one of my favorite stories was we, we got a, a facebook text it was about nine nine thirty at night and it was a veteran and his wife and they had three kids mm. and she she was on the right path she she's cna and she's getting her um her job 
first paycheck was like in a week. They had no food. They had nothing. And so it was a Friday night and I looked at Sean and I said, date night. And I said, all right, what do you think? And so we went over to passageways. We loaded up coolers of food and canned goods and toilet paper and paper towels. And, and uh, we got in the car, it's just pitch black. And it was like an hour from here. We're going through back Kansas fields. And I was like, okay, we're going to find it. It's here somewhere. (laughs) And then we see this house and we pull up. And the kiddos come running out and they're helping us. They're little, they're helping us get the coolers out of the back. And it about killed me. The the one little girl said, we're so hungry. And I about lost it right there in the driveway. I was like, well, let's let's carry it in. And so (laughs) they had nothing. I mean, we were in their kitchen and Sean turned on the oven and got it ready for the chicken nuggets. And the kids were giving us a tour of the house and, we're government funded. We couldn't do that. We want to be able to go when we need to go yeah. and get to who we can get to. Yeah. That is Thank so you. lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, you guys, I just can't like, it's such a moving thing to hear these stories and to see the good that you're just doing in the world and I know that there's so much more to come so will you tell me more about what happened yesterday <laughs> we're so excited <laughs> I know we're so excited to see it too <laughs> a little excited yes so so we've been we've been working on a project for about two two and a half years now um and it it's been a dream of ours always since the beginning that we wanted to do some sort of a campus style um, conglomerate of, you know, veteran housing. We were looking at like maybe apartments or something like that um, because we've seen the camaraderie amongst the veterans that we've been serving mm-hmm. when they're together, they work together, they, you know, play together, they fight together, everything. It's, it's been amazing. And so uh, a couple of years ago we were approached by um, star lumber and the global family foundation to um, help them with, doing something for veterans and they wanted to do, they were thinking tiny homes because that was the Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, that was the thing then. And after a few conversations with them, um, they brought on Wichita area builders association as well. And we all made the agreement that tiny homes was not the way to go, that that wasn't enough, that that wasn't, they deserved so much more um, because we've seen so many villages that go up and they don't even have running water in those tiny homes. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to do more. So we're doing cottage homes. They're about 550 square feet on up. And yesterday what happened was we got the final seal of approval from the city of Wichita at their city council meeting for the rezoning of the 56 acres of land that we have in South Wichita. So the re- with the rezoning done, now we can actually start moving a little faster. We've got platting going on and, and all of that happening. Um, we're still working on um, individual uh, building plans, and our architect is doing all of this for free, and he's wow. amazing from yeah. Craig Sharp Homes. Brandon uh, Salisbury, yeah, Craig Brandon, Sharp Homes. Brandon yeah. sat down with us the first meeting and said, yeah. I want this to be my legacy. And that's oh why he's God. donating his time. Yeah. And he actually came up with a, a wonderful idea. I wish I had a picture to show you, but um, if you look at the 
at the property in from the air, if you go like a drone shot up, mm-hmm. the layout of our community is the Wichita flag, Aww. which is a pretty simple design. So it, it, it really looks cool. Um, there's a center circle or it's a little off center, but there's a circle in the middle that is going to be an amphitheater. So we can do kind of like USO contract or concerts. There's the flag. Can you see that? Oh, I can see that. You guys, you can't see it, but it looks so cool. You can Google the Wichita flag, though, if you want to see it. (laughs) That's going to be beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have an amphitheater. Each of the spokes will be a different uh, housing unit. So we'll have males in one section, females in another, and then the families out in another. Um, Because there's nothing at all for females, Mm -hmm. female veterans. I, I, I've scoured everywhere and I haven't found much of anything yet. You um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's, unfortunately that statistic is growing, which is really right. sad to see, but I'm glad they're finally feeling comfortable enough to, to come out and, and let us know that mm-hmm. they need help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the families, the sad part here in Wichita is there's plenty of spaces for females and children. There's mm-hmm. not enough spaces for males and they end up getting split up. And so how can you heal as a family right. when you're in separate locations? So family was one of the big things we wanted to accomplish is to get the family unit together um, and be able to heal together as a family. So we'll also have different, <clears throat> excuse me, public areas. All of the housing will be in a gated area. Mm-hmm. So, um, it'll have very limited access by the public. Um, and then the public areas will include our offices as well as offices for the VA, Catholic Charities, Salvation Army, the HOT team, uh, mental health providers will be there. You know, we're trying to bring everything to that area so that the heroes don't have to leave their own house to be able to um, get the services that they need. You're building a beautiful community for veterans that's going to be safe and protected and it's going to heal families. There's going to be space for women, which, you know, excites me to no end and and men as well. And it's just going to encompass all veterans on this beautiful, large area, yep. six acres, right, mm-hmm. of of Kansas, of is it Wichita? That Wichita, Wichita. Yep. yes. So that's amazing. I am going to fly out there and see it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we would love to have Can you tell me more about it? Like you said, there's going to be an amphitheater. Mm-hmm. And what else is going in there? So we have, um, we, I love the gated, the gated portion Susan talked about. We'll mm-hmm. have people check in with um, our gatekeeper mm-hmm. and we'll call ahead to the, that hero and say, are you expecting Timmy? And Timmy either gets a yes to enter or he's not entering. So mm-hmm. we still have their backs there. And that'll be run from our, um, our community center and our resource center. So we'll have um, areas for different, uh, like we know different people who train service dogs. They can come out there and have classes for service dogs. We'll have uh, AA meetings, NA meetings, uh, widower groups, whatever groups want to come out and think that they can make a difference in the lives of the heroes, we're going to be welcoming them. We have a chapel out there. We also are having uh, the Humane Society is going to help us design the dog park because that is amateur hour for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, they were so sweet. They're like, we will show you. <laughs> so, so you have to be 
Yeah, you have to be open to admit, you know, where you need that help. Otherwise, we're not going to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to do that. Um, one of the companies in town is donating a commercial playground for the kids. Oh, that's great. We have some retired teachers that are willing to come out and do some extra tutoring on the side out there if some kiddos have maybe gotten a little behind because mm-hmm. of the stress and the trend, you know, everything that's going on right. in their life and, and kind of get them back up to speed. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the memorial. Yeah, the memorial. The memorial is going to be on the public side. We have um, We have individuals that have, unfortunately lost heroes to suicide um mm-hmm. some have been just you know natural uh deaths but they have said in lieu of flowers etc would you donate to passageways because we want to keep that hero's name involved in the legacy of passageways and that that's mm-hmm. going to be paying it forward and helping more heroes mm-hmm. so we have their names we're going to have them out on the memorial the public side and then we'll keep adding names to it so, yeah, let's see if I missed anything. You said gardens. Gardens. Oh, yeah. Five Acre Pond. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fountain? Yeah. Fountain in that pond or somewhere on the ground? Probably because yeah. it's got to circulate somehow. So, yeah. Yeah. More than likely there'll be a fountain. But it's going to be in the – it's actually going to be in the gated area mm-hmm. um, in the back of the property. It's mostly for water retention, so – you know, it's a retention pond. Um, so we don't know yet if we're going to stock it with fish or not. Of course, mm-hmm. all the heroes are like, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea. I'm like, really? Can I go fishing on the back mm-hmm. of this property? I'm a veteran. <laughs> yeah. yep. Anytime. We'll get to the gold pass. Yep. We'll get to your own code. <laughs> That's right. That's dope, ladies. And That's really dope. I don't, I don't think we mentioned, we, we talked about the cottage homes. But we have 30 of them have been donated already. Wow. It's a to donate every year until we say stop. That is impressive. Yeah. 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 Groups mm-hmm. are ready to come in. Uh, we have some female groups uh, that are, you know, bikers and veterans, and they want to come in and be there with a ribbon cutting for the first female that moves into her home. Cargill here in town wants to stock all the freezers with meat and, and anything they may need in the home food wise. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's again, it's been such a, a humbling journey to stand back and see all of these people saying we have the same heart and we believe in them as much as you do. And we want to, we want to end that battle on this side and let mm-hmm. them start living. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. truly, truly remarkable. Yeah. The, um, the city has been so, so closely mm-hmm. following everything, but then they've also been great because they've kept it under their hat for the last two years as well, because we asked them to. <laughs> but in, in Wichita, there's a three-stage zoning process. So we had to go in front of the district advisory board for the district that we're going to be moving into. Then we have to go to the Metropolitan Area Planning Commission and then to the city hall or city council. And so it's been kind of stressful over these last few months going to each one of these places. But in every place, we've gotten a unanimous vote for this zoning. So, you know, they have come out of the, the walls to, to, to participate and to say, yes, we want to see this happen. So it's been great. We've gotten a lot of great support from, from Wichita and the surrounding areas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
You know, it's just a testament to your vision and to your beautiful hearts that everyone just gets behind this project and comes through with all of these donations and wanting to participate and see this come to life. And it's just such a beautiful thing for veterans. And I hope that everyone agrees that this has been such a special show to hear about people with this kind of heart and this kind of drive and the vision to make something of this magnitude happen for veterans. I know I feel very, very personally affected by just hearing all of this and what you're doing for, for veterans like me. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. You deserve it. And thank you for yeah, your service. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I swear it never gets old. <laughs> <Does it? laughs> We're good. We, don't, we will never stop saying it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and I do, I do feel very lucky because I know there was a time in history where veterans were not treated so kindly. But it is a beautiful thing that that has changed and that there are people like you who are out there who, who didn't serve but see the need and who are just just launch into action. I mean, look how far, look at five years, five, it was just five years ago that you saw this on the news. And now you've built or you're building an entire community. That is yep. just, I mean, mind blowing. So yes. what, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we don't sleep a lot. <laughs> Coffee's the friend. <laughs> So you have to tell me, like, what what is next? What are you guys envisioning now? Like, what are you doing as far as, you know, once you've got the community in place and the doors open, what's next for it? Because I know there's more. <laughs> She's good. She is. We have the we have the five year plan after we open. Yeah. Front. <laughs> yep. Um, well, first of all, the name of the community is Homefront Veteran Neighborhood. Aww. So. We're bringing in a neighborhood setting, so mm -hmm. it's not a, a village. It's, you know, village, yeah. we didn't want that connotation in it anywhere in the name. Um, mm -hmm. And then we've been contacted by several different groups in different cities, different states that are interested in, in doing something similar. So we're looking into the legal ramifications of being able to set a passageways in San Antonio or, or, or not, well, not San Antonio, uh, uh, Fort Worth. Fort Worth. Yeah. Um, we're looking, our, our attorneys are looking at that for us right now to see, you know, what can we do to bring one passageways or a home front uh, there. Mm -hmm. So expansion is the next, the next phase. Um, there is nothing stopping us from, you know, building something similar in other cities and other states. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and the need we, is there. Yeah. And we just got to find the passionate people in that area that are ready to do the work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I know you will because, yeah. because people turn up on your doorstep, apparently. They're just willing to help you. <laughs> so, no I'm thinking there's somebody up in, in Washington State that, you know, we maybe. might need to come up and help and get her started. Maybe. Um, maybe. Definitely is one that loves to help veterans, especially women veterans, get back on their feet. I don't know who that could be, but she's, I'm sure she's into it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Um, so now you guys are going to go 
nationwide, I have no doubt. And imagine all the veterans you'll be able to touch the lives and transform the lives of. You guys must go to bed every night feeling so amazing. <laughs> it's cute yourself. you think we sleep. I know it. <laughs> I mean, while you sleep. <laughs> to sleep, yes. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, we get our drive comes from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and ex- mm-hmm. a quick example is this afternoon or this morning, actually, we we use the food bank for a good portion of the of the food that we get at, at passageways. Mm-hmm. And so we went to go pick up that food and, and we were delivering it back. And one of our heroes, who is a, a Korea, I believe, veteran, and he's in there and he's a cook. So he has been cooking meals for these guys for the last week or so that he's been there. And we are bringing in these boxes of food. He is like singing manna from heaven. Aww. And and that just sparks our excitement. You know, yeah. a lot of times the guys, when we bring in the food bank, you know, it's like, oh, what are we going to get now? And, you know, it, it, they like, they are appreciative of the food, but, you know, it's like there's no creativity with them. Mm-hmm. And this guy is so creative with the food. It's like, Art. it was so exciting. Yeah. Art. It was exciting oh to God. hear him. And he's putting the groceries away and not, and just singing, you know, <laughs> it was, it was great to see. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that you have many treasured moments like that, where you yes. just see the outcome of the good you're doing really close up. Do you have any graduates that come, come back, return to help out with, with the guys? Yeah, um, quite a few. Um, Randy was one just recently, came back. We had a little barbecue at the house mm-hmm. in like, one of the churches, out. and they came and cooked uh, barbecue and, and actually stayed and ate with the with the heroes. And we invited our graduates. And so uh, Randy came, and he brought a friend of his with him that's a veteran that lives in the same complex that he does. Uh, Tom came over, a couple other guys came over. So Greg showed up one day and yeah. we were like, oh my gosh, he was just such, yeah, we've just, just seeing them and knowing their backstories. And, you know, mm-hmm. when you have heroes that will come to events and things and you're like, this was a hero that had his suicide date picked out Wow! before he came to us mm-hmm. and then getting into the program and, and finding that, that healing with the other heroes. Mm-hmm. That, keeps them going. Yeah. Yeah. We had one that came back and, and has a, a good job and needed some employees. So he came back to see if anybody needed a job and wanted to hire some of the heroes from the house. So, yeah. you know, yeah. It's things like that that go on that, you know, really keep our spark going. There's very few things that bring us down anyway, but you know, those things just lift us up and keep us going day in and day out. I can just imagine. So you said that there are very few things that bring you down, but I do need to ask, have there been obstacles that you've had to break through and sort of like sail forward in order to keep moving forward and see this vision come to life? Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise we wouldn't, we wouldn't be growing. I mean, I think one of the big ones was the hard ones for us is, you know, it, the weather's changing here. Mm-hmm. And this is when we have a lot of heroes decide I'm done. I can't live like this anymore. I need help. Mm-hmm. And then we have to turn them away. Right. And, and it, it absolutely slaughters us. I mean, we, cause we know 
they're, they're going to be, they're going to be out in this weather all night and we don't know if they're going to make it. And, and we just, it's not acceptable. Yeah. And so that really, it pushes us forward. So the obstacle is not having enough room mm-hmm. and it's just a bed. You know, it's such a simple right. fix, but it's a difficult obstacle and you can only have X amount in a house. So right. getting through that, um, trying to think of other ones. Um, one big obstacle was when, um, you know, we had the house under a lease agreement and the owners of the house really wanted to sell it. And we were really at one point afraid that they were going to sell it out from underneath us. Mm-hmm. And we started talking to a few people and got like, again, God put us in front of the right people. And the news director at one of the local stations, Cake, Cake TV, Anthony Mazel, he's a Vietnam um, vet. Yep. Mm-hmm. He came forward and said, we can't let this happen basically. So he did, they did stories about passageways of what we're doing and what the issue was. Mm-hmm. They actually set up a telethon at the station and wow. we raised about $120,000 in those, that one night, wasn't it? It was four hours to buy the house, to buy the house. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, but like me personally, I do a lot of the grant writing. So I'm doing the proposals and trying to get the, you know, the bigger funds in. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the, th- I, I still can't get past when I get a no, you know, I get that no from them and it's like, didn't you feel my heart in this writing? You know, it, it still kind of hurts a little. And, mm-hmm. but we're working with a consultant right now that's helping us with the campaign, the capital campaign. And she always says, it's not a no, it's just a not yet. Mm-hmm. So once, she, once yeah. that clicked in my head, that helps a lot to think about it as, you know, we cult, we're cultivating that group right now. They're not ready to give us that money at this moment, but mm-hmm. they will be. They will be. They need to just see a little more history maybe or, or mm-hmm. something, a little more success. So with, with numbers, it's about, it dep- and I say ish, because of course it depends on the weather and the heat and, you know, all that with our electricity and gas bill. It's about 5,600 a month mm-hmm. just for passageways. That, that, right. that, does, that part does not include a paid staff. So, I mean, you're looking at insurance on the house. We have security cameras out there. Um, paying for tax title and license for cars that get donated to our heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh gosh, food, food utilities, utilities uh, toiletries, anything we may not have that those heroes need mm-hmm. medicine. Some of the guys um, have served that don't qualify for a medical. And so they would just go without heart medicine or oh basics. And so yeah. we'll, we'll take them to clinics and we'll pay for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we really that encompass everything just like you would take care of your own family when they come to us. And do you guys, I, I actually forgot to ask this earlier. Do you guys get clothes donated or um, how do the, the guys get clothing? We had to stop taking clothing donations because we were so overwhelmed. At one point we had 45 contractor bags full of clothes. Goodness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, and okay. none of them were sizes that the guys needed at that particular moment. So well, a perfect example is um, we, we got a call about a gentleman, Ron, that was not doing well. He was staying in an area in Wichita called the pit and it is literally dug out and, and they're an encampment and the weather's getting ready to change. So we went out, we found him and we go down in the encampment. I mean, we, <laughs> we rogue, <laughs> we get in there and go where we need to go. 
and wow. he needed a coat. So we did a Facebook ask and we had somebody donate this Duluth, um, trading Duluth trading company, right? right? Yeah. So it, it was like a $300 coat and it's waterproof and it had all these pockets inside where he could keep his personal stuff on him. He's now in an apartment and we were able to furnish stuff for him. Um, but yeah, it's, um, the, the community's great. We put an ask out there and, and an angel steps up to the plate and says, I got you on this one. Yeah. We had, we had a grant over the last few years. We've had a grant that, that provides for new clothing for the heroes mm -hmm. that need it. So, mm -hmm. it, or if they need work boots or, you know, things like that, we can use that grant money to, to get their clothing for them. But yeah. Clothing becomes a monster very quickly. I can just imagine it must take a lot to organize all of the supplies that you get alone. Yeah. You guys have a staff. We have volunteers that Us. come in. Yeah, we're the staff. We're in. <laughs> and then my but, husband yeah. helps out. Right. Um, but we do, we have uh, volunteers that'll come over in church groups um, all over the place that'll come in and, and they'll say, okay, what project do you need done? And so they'll organize all the canned goods and they'll uh, clean out the freezers and fridge for the heroes. They'll go ahead and um, we yeah. have somebody painting a shed for us in our backyard. So yeah, it, it's been it's been wonderful to be able to give that opportunity, especially to kiddos that mm -hmm. can come out to the house and they get to meet the heroes and they get to see where their hard volunteer hours are going mm -hmm. and that direct impact. That's yeah. so amazing. Like, we have one storage area that's got all the kitchen items and the bathroom items, oh, yeah. you know, those sort of things. And a lady from our church donated her two car garage and not only that, yeah. but all we have to do is bring the things to the garage and they sort it all. And it's, it's set up just like a store would be. Everything's organized. They even have like a set of cups in a box that says eight tall cups, you know, that the guys can pick from. Mm -hmm. um, they've got the bathroom supplies in all color, matching. color coordinated yeah. boxes. You know, it's amazing. So it makes it that a lot easier on us to, you know, they do all that sorting. And we don't have to worry about it. So it's wonderful. It does really just sound like the community comes together and, and holds you guys. We lost your audio. We lost your audio. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. Oh, there you are. There we are. Sorry. Yeah, it looks like my my Wi-Fi looked like it dipped down a little, a little bit there. Ah, uh, yeah. So I do have a couple of more questions for you guys before we wrap it up. Okay. Uh, I wanted to ask you what advice you would give for someone who wanted to give back to veterans in the manner that you have. Um, it would depend. I mean, if they're wanting to actually do the work themselves, that's one, one thing. If they're wanting just to give back and I would say they need to research organizations, uh, look on charity navigator, see, make sure that they are, uh, you know, above ground, uh, make sure that they're a good charity to give to, um, if they just want to do a monetary gift, but if they're really wanting to, um, as we say, put your boots on the ground and, and, and really get into it, 
I would say the first thing is find a mentor first. Find a, a mentor that you can bounce ideas off of and 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 they can help you with the step by step to get started. I think that that's a key aspect. Um, just having your own passion isn't enough. You need to find those other people with passion that possibly may have money, particularly if you don't have it yourself. Um, if you can find those first five or six donations from the moment that you submit your 501c3 application, you can start asking for donations, tax deductible donations. So keep um, it transparent. Yeah. Keep it absolutely transparent. Let everybody know where the money's going. Uh, we, we have people uh, that would call us and say, what was your electric bill? And I mean, we can screenshot it and send it to you. I mean, keep it, <laughs> keep it open. And um, accountants, we have um, accountants we use here in town just because they deal with 501s and we want to make sure we don't miss any changes in laws and regulations and, and keep it, raise that bar really high. If they're wanting to start something like, like passageways that we're doing here, then, then they can reach out to us and find out more information on how to do that. Like I said, we, we've been through the beginning process. We know what works. We know what doesn't work and we can help get that going and get a board of directors. Yes. Board of directors. Absolutely. And keep most of them veterans because very black and white and you learn so much from them. Mm -hmm. That sounds like incredible advice. <laughs> and I am sure that it will help very many people. And speaking of how to reach you guys, will you tell me all the places that we can find you? <laughs> Well, mainly our number is 316-721-1316. That's the office line, which we don't, we don't have an office. We're mobile all the time. So it, it rotates to our tele, our cell phones that we You'll carry with us. us. Yeah. <laughs> you get one of us all the time. We have a, our website is www.passagewaysltd.org. And then our Facebook page um, is Facebook slash Passageways LTD. Amazing. And everyone knows that I'll put that in the show notes. I'll link everything so that they can find you very easily. Wonderful. Thank you. Reading the episode description. So I think I actually thought of one more question before I wrap this up, if you don't mind. Go for it. I was wondering, what have you learned? What would you say you've learned most from the veterans that you've helped? Oh, wow. That's oh, a good question. So much. Um, <laughs> so much. Um, I know with my family and I and the kiddos, you really learn what you want versus what you need. Mm -hmm. And uh, like going through the kitchen and getting items, like cleaning out my kitchen drawers. I'm like, why do I have four oven mitts? I have two hands. Who else is going to be in here with me? You know, <laughs> and it really reeled in life for me into what's, what's important and um, that making memories and communication and that support for each other. We're, everybody's struggling with something on this planet and, mm -hmm. and for us to join forces together and get through it together. It, it was huge for us. Yeah. I think, I think for me, it's mostly um, having a, a better understanding of what they've got, what they went through while in the throes of war or while they were in the arena, you know, they, they gave up so much 
for our freedom, you know, a lot of the veterans. And, and then to find out that there's some, there's a whole section of veterans that, that didn't see combat and didn't serve long enough. So they don't have any benefits and, and trying to weigh out that, how is that fair? You know, they still, it's not their fault that they didn't get called over, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Learning the systems of, of the government, learning the, the veteran administration and, and how to navigate that system. Basically I've learned through a lot of their mistakes or not mistakes, but a lot of their struggles. I've learned through those struggles to navigate to the right person the Mm -hmm. first time. And then you don't have to go around in circles. Yes. We all know about going around those circles. (laughs) Yes. God, you know, God bless them. They, the employees that I have met at the VA are extraordinary employees. I would say almost all, well, the ones that I've met are all extraordinary. They have an unending task. Mm-hmm. You know, their job never ends. Red yeah, tape. Red tape yeah. after red tape. And all that red tape and all the, you know, the hoops that they have to go through. I don't know how anybody accomplishes anything, but somehow <laughs> yeah. they do. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So I guess I have to tell you before I say goodbye (laughs) that you guys are so incredible to me and you're like earth angels just doing good work in this world and I admire you greatly for everything you're doing and the fact that you're now able to help women is so, so important, especially at a time where it really has become critical. And I, you know, the suicide rate amongst female veterans is 250% higher than their civilian counterparts as reported by NPR, you know, and that is a devastatingly different number, you know, and so with more female veterans coming out every day, And knowing that they don't get the donations and knowing that they don't have shelters and things of that nature, just the fact that you're, you have like honed your craft and now you're able to help females and give them a protected and safe environment in which to thrive and rehabilitate themselves and go back out into the world. It's just, I honor you (laughs) for that. And it's a beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm grateful to have met you guys. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on my podcast and sharing what you're doing with the world. Well, you know, we've adopted you into the passageway family, right? <laughs> I'm so happy to be there. <laughs> yeah, Kia, you're one of us. You're no, one of us. I'm coming, I'm coming out there and we are going to just help every woman we can. <laughs> exactly. All over the country. We're I like that. Yep. So I'm fired up and I'm excited. So thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on the Female Veterans Podcast and just being a part of the, the sisterhood. You Absolutely. bet. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. And with that, you guys, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for coming on this journey with us. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next time.